everyone. We're back. We're now in La Fortuna near the Volcano Arenal. Still with Tristan Tyler Blake. Just had a good episode about from infinity to infinity on our drive down here while we're looking for land for a regenerative community. We're on a nice little hike before we go visit another potential location later today. Tristan, what are you feeling like exploring as conversation? Hmm. I'm very open to uh, pretty much any conversation. We had a great one coming up here. Yep. I think maybe we can continue the thread of that. Mm-hmm. This morning, um, I was really interested in solving a problem with cate categorizing cells, cataloging cells, and the different types of, um, you know, cell types and uh, the types of receptors on them. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of complexity here, a lot of different types of astrocytes and glial and, you know, um, blastocysts and all these different endocrine cells, and they all have their own subcategories. It's almost impossible to really uh, visualize this or experience it until you, you map it. So this mapping technology is something really fun that's been on my mind, it's been on your mind. Uh, maybe we can... That's cool. I like mapping technology as a place to kick us into conversation. Yeah. <clears throat> it also plays into our previous conversation a lot too because you have both the mapping technology for finity and for infinity. So for finity, as Tristan started describing, you can take something like a stem cell and you can see all the different cells that it differentiates into. So you have heart cells, you have muscle cells, you have neurons, you have bone cells, skin cells, etc., immune cells. And so neuronal cells. Yep. And so there's a this is not only a complex way that form evolves in this creation and to map that and create a greater understanding of the way to heal pathologies that develop, prevent pathologies from even developing, to gain insights into the exact code of life and the way that it promulgates and expands into more complex systems and flowers, new species. All that kind of stuff is great. And then on the infinity side, the mapping technologies are a lot about seeing this style of analyzing form as one example of the analysis of a creation 
so here we have a fundamental unit it's like a cell in biology and in another exploratory creation of ours a different fundamental unit arises an information cell yeah an information cell that's what that's probably what ai is like uh, kind of the early uh, information cells like i guess packets you know um yeah software is the uh kind of the nervous system and uh, uh these languages are for different um uh, this thing does seem like uh it's uh, some sort of computational organism and uh, yeah that's a good way to put it yeah and i get this intuition that uh, uh there are systems that feed off of our computational capabilities of our brains like you know different i think even organisms live on top of our conscious computational sort of uh, uh, horsepower right so something hacks into it and uses it uh, in order to compute for it we use machines to accelerate our compute and to scale right and I, I, I'm, if you anywhere you look you see life everywhere in every direction it doesn't matter how small or probably how big so uh, I you know it's fun to think about these computational organisms like even maybe what is a, a corporation or a government but not some sort of networked organism uh, with its own you know you meet some of the people that represent these entities and they go, they go into <laughs> into representation mode of let's say a company like you know IBM or something like that they really uh, take on the form of uh, expressing the company's uh, uh, wishes through themselves so there's a and it seems that where is this computational identity stored in the brain that i am a i am a hybrid of co right co-network i am a hybridized with this computational organism it may be a parasite but it's a it's a fun parasite to be you know engaged with that's the <laughs> as though the most macro level absolute or highest infinity is both intelligent and comprehensive and we act as the artificial intelligence the machine learning in this creation to understand this finite expression of itself and then in this one there's a there's a way to create mapping technologies that drive these power loss style insights so you want to gather the most fundamental units like cells in biology periodic table subatomic particles star formation stellar formation kind of like stellar catalogs Yep. And then that gives infinity its ability to most efficiently create a mapping technology for finity for this creation. There are two different uh, instruments. Two, like, uh, like there's instruments for observing nature and reality, right? A, a microscope 
observes microscopic things. Uh, an electron microscope observes the electron uh, um, scale, right? The order of magnitude. So um, observing spiritual uh, kind of um, states requires its own technologies, you know, and, and that's an interesting thing to kind of like map out that. Now, what are those uh, mapping tools that currently exist? So philosophy would be one of them, right? Some, there's some many religious traditions that also uh, take a, a, a decent dent, you know, to put a dent into kind of that space. But what are the modern tools that are useful for this? Can software be used to map the identity or, or, or meaning or, you know, these kinds of mm -hmm. esoteric things? Yeah, we talked about it a bit before our first podcast was that we're using technology like HRV, heart rate variability, EEG, fMRI. We have these different ways to measure coherence versus cortisol. So you can be in a state of symmetry, you can be in a state of harmony, in a state of balance. You can also juxtapose that with being in a state of stress, being in a decoherent state. And that's very sort of visibly seen as something like this, where you have on one side of the spectrum, on a more maybe decoherent state, you have somebody that's a little bit, you know, more like... so stressed out i need to do this i need to do that yeah and then on the other side of the spectrum is something that's a little bit more like isn't this life beautiful isn't this life sacred isn't this life divine how do we maximize human potential right so you have these sort of two poles that are typically called like ego or contracted energy or feeling separation, feeling depression, anxiety, versus on the other side, it's like feeling enlightenment, it's like feeling empowerment, it's like feeling a divine harmonic connection to life and to the true nature of reality. I don't think depression is the opposite of enlightenment. In the sense of, um, uh, first of all, I think it requires uh, uh, um, really challenging states in order to achieve uh, even the first steps towards the direction of enlightenment. Like you need to pass through certain filters, um, you know, of, of your wandering, of your struggles. You need to struggle with yourself. You need to conquer certain fears uh, before you can uh, know thyself, right? So, uh, and I think d the depression is, um, I think it's mischaracterized. That's kind of like, oh, bad or, you know, bad state. Um, it's just a state that's reminding you that you aren't completely um, where you need to be. It's a, it's an unconscious uh, sort of uh, intelligence. It's, it's, it's an a, emotional uh, guidance. It's an unconscious intelligence that's trying to uh, indicate that something is wrong. You know, your arm hurts. That's not your arm being a, a dick. <laughs> it's your arm telling you, hey, fix this. And the moment you listen and you uh, you have the tools to deal with that, right, uh, you do it. And all of a sudden the arm pain goes away. 
um, or if you understand your body as a system, as an anatomical structure, then you can start even influencing your body's development. You know, so uh, so studying stem stem cells right now is very uh, interesting. I think the time has come to ethically, um, kind of you know this this technology is falling out of the sky in in the, in the same way that asteroid does, right? These are tech, these are innovation asteroids in a sense, and there's a couple of them, CRISPR, uh, uh, stem cell technologies, right? These. 3D printing, um, all these decentralized approaches, so many things flying out of the sky that are going to fundamentally transform the human condition. Uh, even some of the technologies that I'm personally working on, the mapping tech, right? For mapping uh, not only scientific phenomena and like the chemistry and material sciences and all that, but also mapping uh, uh, the mind and the, sh and the shadow, if, if, you, if, you, if you want to call it that. Right? And, and reinterpreting it with different neuro tilts, perspectives. Um, so. Oh, that's the first time I've heard that term. It's a cool one. Mm -hmm. A neuro tilt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like a. It's like an angle, like a neuro angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of falls also into that spectrum of ego to enlightenment as well. Your neuro tilt, if you're more enlightened, is usually more peace and more joy. And if you're more egotistical, it's usually trying to extract from other people um, things like that and that extraction thing that vampirical thing can we can we kind of uh, pin on that for a sec yeah it'd be interesting to also unpack how to map from not only the analysis of form but also the analysis of like we've been talking about now these states of consciousness these neuro tilts these neural angles these yeah. states of dissonance versus harmony lenses they're like lenses of perspective so uh, you can adopt the visual um, perspective of say something and i've been doing this a lot for for my work and for my even kind of a, uh, you know uh, explorations my projects you can map the world as a social network would right you could see it through the lens or the eyes of a social network and and that gives you a networked perspective of the world you could also take on the bacterial and viral um, perspective. You could really think like a virus if, because you have to understand these things. And uh, viruses are simply delivery mechanisms. Beautiful, it's like the UPS, but, but it's a biological form. These are supply chain and logistics experts. And man, if you even learn to interact with them, mm -hmm. you, can, you can start delivering medicine and uh, therapies, destroying cancers you know, delivering antigens and special proteins to cells directly. It's, it's the programming of biology. It's very, very exciting. Virology? Yeah, it's super exciting. I like how you called it the UPS. That's funny. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> supply chain. Yeah, the viruses are, are supply chain experts. They, uh, they, they use us as transportation. Like, we are big ships for them, and we transport them around. Yeah. That's the only purpose we have, and... Uh, I've been reading a lot of books on virology and it's kind of just by shipping all the produce around the world, uh, you're taking bacteria and little microbiomes and stuff from one place of the earth to the other and that's having significant consequences on local genetic diversity and, and it can kill crops, it can damage ecosystems, you can introduce pests and parasites into the system. and we're. We're only starting to learn right now 
that we even have a relationship with these masters of this current earth. They're bacteria. We are we are guests here in this hotel. Mm -hmm. And we need to act a little bit more uh, like we can't trash the room. Mm. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while now, this sort of three and a half billion year evolutionary ascent for especially the single celled bacterial organisms and acting as vehicles for them right now in our gut microbiome. It's a really fascinating one that we've talked about on the show for a couple of years. Yeah, it's good. I like mapping technologies both for finity, for understanding form, and also for, in a sense, for infinity, which is mapping both the subjective realm of consciousness states of ego versus enlightenment and then also in terms of this being just one of our expressions one of our creations when you're obsessed with finity and you've never tasted infinity you don't know your true nature. When you've tasted infinity and you know it and you live from it, then you understand the true nature of finity. And then you can be a more coherent agent in the finite. And then the mapping technologies work for both the finite, they work for the consciousness, and they work for the infinite. Do you want to give them an understanding of mapping technologies? Kind of more, a more like yeah. practical applied. That's a good. Of that's a good point. So, for the mapping technologies for the finite, it would be things like the subatomic particles. So you have the standard model, and you have that entire table. You have your bosons, you have your fermions, you have your periodic table of elements is another mapping technology for finity. You have, like we talked about at the beginning of the episode, you have the fundamental unit in biology of the cell, and you have all of these different kingdoms that it gets to explore in. You have bacteria, you have plants, you have animals, and then all these different differentiations we were talking about even inside of the human body. So you have a bunch of maps for finity, like we just mentioned, and likely some of these maps for finity end up having interplay with infinity because in a sense, the same phenomena that you see in biology of mitosis is likely going to continue in our next creations because it's just such a fundamental process to have a, a cell cycle and a cell checkpoint when it feels comfortable enough to divide. That's such a, it's a perennial 
finite process that mirrors infinite processes. And so there's something similar there. And then, so that's mapping for finity. Then there's mapping for consciousness, which could be something like heart rate variability, EEG, electroencephalography, fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging. Tracking your unconscious thoughts and labeling them. So like the actual, the state of awareness that you do have to have like, some people have 4K resolution, you know, experience. Some people have maybe even 8K, some super, like I think hyper sensitives or hyper fantasia, whatever that is, right? Hyper imagination. Um, and some people have 1080p and uh, kind of your data metabolism, you can only take so much. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You can only you can only um, take in so much data, and now we're getting more and more data, and you can take in more and more. So that's uh, a good point. It's almost like with the ego, you might be contracted down to like a 360p perspective. Uh huh. Yeah. So with the ego, you might only know that the only thing that you can do right now is to have a a a perspective of being kind of inflammatory. Like, you have to prove your point. You have to convince the other person of what you see, this type of stuff. Versus when you maybe upgrade to 480p, 720p, you sort of maybe relax a little bit more into understanding that the other person also has a unique perspective that you could learn from. And then as you upgrade yourself to 1080p, 4K, 8K, that you gain more and more of an understanding that all 8 billion perspectives on the planet have their own little hermeneutic or partial truth to them. Yeah. But, some, but some have a much higher resolution uh, a signaling apparatus, right? So, so that's what good speakers, they can uh, create a, craft an information cell or unit and horizontally transfer it to you and you can download and when you open the file, it's well organized. It's a, it's a package that you can now use as a tool. You can, you can, you can store it, right? So these are these information cells that, that these uh, uh, teachers put together. And the highest resolution ones, it's kind of like in order to, so let's say we wanna watch a you know, high quality HD movie, we need a hard drive, a sufficient hard drive to store that and a sufficient screen resolution to display all the pixels. Otherwise it's gonna freeze, it's gonna, it's gonna be a incomplete experience. And so I think that the human brain is uh, kind of not um, overclocking yet. We can overclock uh, by hybridizing with networked technologies, with computational technologies. These things plug right into our neuro structures and we can boost and broadcast the signal and mitigate the noise. Oh, I was thinking about this the other day, like for, 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 uh, you know, kind of like, uh, just the average bear. I'm, uh, uh, I These am devices are already increasing the resolution. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I am the signal in kind of this average sort of milieu, right? The, I, I try to act as the signal. But I find that when I'm an interviewer or when I'm dealing with very, very uh, um, intelligent and beautiful people, uh, I like to kind of create a little bit of noise in order to, in order to uh, 
hone their signal, right? In order to actually create a little bit of noise. It's funny, uh, I went to this one lecture on, I think it was by the IEEE on um, information like electrical circuits and stuff. And you, by boosting noise in the system, you can actually increase its uh, sensitivity, its precision. There's something very interesting in, in uh, communications and like uh, uh, that whole that whole field, electronics, you know. It has interesting parallels to the memory and inf like the computer memory and information transfer and stuff. It has really good parallels for how to um, store our memories and then pull them and act upon them. So you have a very good thought, a moment of inspiration, right? A eureka moment. How do you get access to that? Spiritual awakening kind of recognition thought. Yeah, this requires significant balance. To... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So these are mapping technologies, essentially to um, be able to take any system and to reveal its really kind of complex nature, right? So you think about uh, quantum mechanics and you're like, oh, wow, it's pretty like, there's a lot of words and there's a lot of spins going on and all this stuff. But, but funny enough, if you actually map it, and you're, you, you kind of have to have a really serious uh, diligence for sort of information quality like you you can't put in you have to you have to be very careful with your data right so so that, that's kind of interesting and then it reveals itself it becomes very simple once you see it yeah and so, so what are the spiritual what are the spiritual maps that could be evolved and some of that you have personally worked on what are some of these spiritual maps that you've seen that can help as a tool set for somebody who's looking to a find meaning and purpose uh, discover beauty or or see it hidden in you know in in different places inside of people or inside of nature what are some of these tools that you've been working with or creating yeah let's continue viewing it from a macro level umbrella style visualization of the topic that we're talking about so overarching you could say is mapping technologies and then underneath of mapping technologies you can kind of create three categories one of them is finity or analyzing form which we gave the example of subatomic particles the periodic table we gave the matter form yeah. and matter matter the fundamental union biology the okay. cell so form matter and so there's that and then there's a mapping technology for consciousness, spirituality, awareness, from the ego to more enlightened states, leveraging heart rate variability, EEG, fMRI, like we've been talking about. And there's the general sort of expression of that as a state that's a little bit more contracted versus something that's more relaxed and more expansive, something that's more peaceful and joyful. And then the utility like a social of, template, social like kind of uh, uh, civilizational models of cooperation, like powerful and new vocabularies for really um, high bandwidth uh, information transfer and cooperation protocols. Is, mm. That's mm -hmm. kind of one of the things. Yeah. So one of the main aspects to the utility of having a 
a mapping technology for consciousness, spirituality, awareness is that what you get is you get a more healthy and happy relationship with yourself, with your family, with your friends, with your community, with the world. And there's also a lexicon or a nomenclature, there's a categorization that then makes it so that you can actually put a word to the North Star of doing gym repetitions in order to be less egotistical and more enlightened. And so then there's the third category in the mapping technology. So again, finity was one, consciousness was another, infinity is another. And so in infinity, the mapping technologies are very much like a big question mark. But one thing that we know about it for sure via direct experience is that this finite creation is just one expression of the infinite is just one expression of the absolute of the highest of source of God of Brahman of Tao and and by the way I, I believe this is a maybe simple expression of that is to explain it in the sense of an analogy this is one way to paint a blank canvas and that there's endless ways to paint a blank canvas and that we will never come to the end of ways of painting a blank canvas just like we'll never come to the end of ways to arrange musical notes into a song we will never come to the end of ways to combine food into recipes we will never come to the end of ways of vibrating our vocal cords to make languages and so we'll never come to the end of our exploration and so in that mapping for the infinite, it's very much like recognizing this finite as but one exploration of ours. So there's sort of three different like mapping technology subcategories to the macro level mapping, which is finity, consciousness, infinity. So I personally believe... Objective, subjective, and infinite. Yeah, yeah. I personally believe that... that scientific instrumentation and just what the, the tools we have now will be sufficient to like map all of that and uh, um, you, you know consciousness I think neuroscience has it pretty much uh, kind of it is, is honing in on the the clearest understanding of perception so far and how it works kind of like all the cellular and neuronal mm, firings that take place to make that happen, right? So, so definitely, neuroscience is uh, the neural correlates of consciousness are getting mapped out, and we're on the way, and we're getting closer and closer. And I, I think lies in there the answer to what is consciousness and how does it work. I, I think the spiritual one it can be a good sort of a metaphorical guide and a map of metaphors that you can use for um, insights into how to map it 
uh, in, in a robust way with, uh, with the current tools that we have, EEG and all these other signaling and, and things that we um, you know, are developing now, like different types of uh, uh, spectrometers for, for, for brain, kind of like to analyze the brain, um, heat maps and stuff. Like we're getting really cool new um, uh, magnets and lasers. So it's pretty exciting because we're going to get much higher resolution images of uh, neural activity and then we'll be able to map it and understand kind of where does consciousness sit, how is it formed and, and what are the barriers to it. But, but in this world, in this physical space, there are certainly barriers to perception. Um, you can train AI to show you what it looks like to see the world from the perspective of a snake or a dog you know, or a bat. Um, it would be cool to have retinal implants that can do that. That's a stem cell thing, that's later, that's coming, that's on the way. You'd be able to take on perspectives in our lifetime. So I guess that's cool. What do you think of that? Do you think it's- Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. That's an exciting one because it sort of begins taking on the perspective of the absolute or the highest because as it, expresses itself via this creation typically what happens is that like we've been talking about the ego starts off at just i only have this atlas perspective and that's it that's all that i care about i need to feel safe i need money i need to extract from relationships and experiences and that kind of a thing and then the shift happens where it goes well maybe maybe what tristan's perspective is pretty cool maybe i should you know give it a go and then empathy happens and then you you add a second perspective where you learn more about tristan's life you learn more about where he came from how he built up his perspective what nuances he has to his perspective that you could learn from and then you go well what about sarah's perspective i want to learn about sarah's perspective and then you go what about michelle's perspective and so then you start sort of building yourself out to this like eight billion humans at the same time and then you can hold all eight billion human perspectives and then like tristan mentioned a moment ago then you have snakes seeing in infrared and you have bats that use sonar and dolphins as well and you have all these other bees with ultraviolet you have all these different ways of this electromagnetic spectrum this and perception consciousness. and consciousness that's boosting that's that's and so you like can hold that entire synthetic consciousness <laughs> 10 million species of perspectives on the planet at the same time i wouldn't want that that's... and then in a sense you get a really really highest resolution possible sort of taste for what the absolute is tasting through its analysis of this finite. So this is an interesting question, right? So you have a team of a, of a thousand people. Um, hmm. Let's just say it's a standard distribution of intelligence and capability uh, and grit and all these things. Do you want to take the insight of all hundred for some averaged out kind of opinion on what to do, a decision science? Or do you isolate the top three decision makers and uh, decide what, and, and have them kind of uh, uh, map out the system and then make a critical decision? I'm of the camp of, I don't care about the opinion of the people that are wrong, honestly. Even if, even if like, I actually only care about what's accurate and what's true. Um, 
because there's many ways to be wrong and there's very subtle and few ways to be very right. And I would prefer, uh, me personally, like, uh, I would like to always kind of, I, I don't care about 8 billion perspectives. I care about 800 that are the closest to the source of knowledge. You see, what, what, what do you think about that? Because you see the other one. You, you actually want to take in everybody's perspective. And that's interesting. Well, the way to sort of combine what we're talking about is that you you both want to hold the absolute's perspective of how a hummingbird comes and just enjoys the nectar from a flower, as well as you want to hold the perspective of what is currently being discussed at the World Economic Forum at Davos. Because you want to know what it's like to have a conversation between the Alex Carp from Palantir having a conversation with Angela Merkel from Germany. And you want to know what it's like for a Costa Rican that lives in a village of a hundred people to barter the beans that he's drying for the bananas that his local neighbor is growing. And so the power law, of course, takes into account and it's gorgeous and beautiful. And yet there's this beautiful bird that's just circling in vortexes above us right now. And the absolute is also experiencing itself as the bird right now that's flying in these vortexes and exploring what it's like to even be that. And so that's how to sort of synthesize the Costa Rican farmer bartering might have a little bit less of a knowledge in how to run a country of 10 million people. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they may still be able to add something quite interesting or effective into the conversation that around bartering or around peace or around joy or around meeting basic needs or subjects like that that maybe somebody that's in a suit and tie that stays in the four seasons hotels might not be seeing and so they both see things that the other doesn't see and that's why holding a really absolute perspective around trying to intake the entire taste of the creation is so beautiful. It's unbelievable. You have so much to taste. You have to take yourself out of your 360p perspective of this low resolution style, only Atlas. <laughs> That's what you look like when you're only focused on your perspective. And then when you at least gain a second perspective, you at least hold two 
observer's perspective simultaneously. That's why awareness itself is impersonal. Our source is the same. And then you take in 8 billion humans' perspectives. Then you take in all 10 million species' perspectives. And then you start tasting what the absolute tastes when it makes these finite creations in an exploratory fashion. And then we create mapping technology to map the finite. Again, these very subatomic particles, chemistry elements, biological cells. And then you have these states of consciousness from ego to enlightenment, like we discussed taking up to 8 billion perspectives simultaneously, up to 10 million species simultaneously, and then you have the infinite. Then you have, this is but one of our creations. And that will never come to the end of the different ways that we can combine musical notes into a song. We are the eternal symphony that endlessly plays, and this is one beautiful song. And you can think in terms of states of consciousness that the egotistical states are the ones that are playing their musical instruments out of tune. And the, I don't think so. And the enlightened ones are the ones that are playing more in tune. But oh, well, it's all perfection, well, well, perfection. Well, I think ego is uh, required for certain... It's, 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 a, it's a powder. It's a piece of the formula. And you, it's not something that you throw out. Just, it's like throwing out salt. You need to have... It's kind of a salt. And then you have these periodic table of emotions. Uh, so you have to mix different chemistries and you get emotions, you get exotic ex emotions, right? You can craft these experiences for yourself and others. Um, and the, so you don't want to throw out ego. It's very valuable. It's not, certain... it's not throwing it out. It's that the, the absolute, when it manifests, when we manifest this finite creation, we use ego as a 100,000 year old sort of primal limbic way some of us use ego like that there's people that transform ego into very powerful pieces of art and uh, physical form like body as in just to finish this thought the idea is that the ego is another way of explaining what it's like for something that is infinite to contract itself down into an individuated perspective and then that is what we use the word ego to describe and then when we talk about dissolving the ego, all we're talking about is that contracted, finite, individuated, egoic perspective, relaxing and expanding itself back into its infinitude. And then it can continue enjoying its perspective from a place of knowing its true nature. And so the ego is just a word that we use to describe said yeah, I was, I was asking you the other day, like, uh, I get it, like, Freud's cool, you know, all these guys are cool, but is it really how it works, or are these just words to describe things that are uh, indescribable, if not even, not even there? Like, how much of it is... Uh... The contracted is totally there, and then we just use the word ego to describe it. The contracted is, again, the infinite, as it takes the perspective of an individuated, finite, entity feels like it doesn't know its true nature it feels forgetting it feels like it's hiding and then that's the game of seeking seeking its own infinitude seeking its remembrance of its true nature that's i believe that right there is understanding biology like like your purpose you're looking for a purpose in life and a, <laughs> if you if you don't have a purpose 
then it's very simple. Um, you know, you don't even have to unlearn another purpose that's not even that good. Just go after the core, which is what it, like, how does life work? What is the cell? How is, how is uh, biology and, and, and life such a resistance to entropy? How is it possible that this thing is uh, all this ATP circulating? So, I, you know, I, I listen to a lot of spiritual people. They're very sweet friends of mine on many occasions. And, um, you know, and I, I love this community. It's, it's very, it likes yoga as well. <laughs> um, uh, they, th they talk about energy and I'm like, yeah, 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 that's ATP. Like, yes, they got it. They, they intuitively got the point. And now here's the actual uh, chemical mechanisms that, and, and physics mechanisms that make this quote unquote energy possible. Yeah, yeah, your, your cells and your body and your blood and all this stuff, it needs ATP in order to, uh, you know, to do all those little cellular mechanisms, the mechanics of, of these proteins and lipids and carbohydrates. So yeah, ATP is that thing that you capture from the sun. It's the same thing that, you know, uh, chloroplasts make in, uh, in plants and, and, you know, in these uh, other cell types. So it, these are just different words for the same thing. But I believe that uh, you can make, uh, with the understanding of photosynthesis, the physical realm, you can actually plant plants and understand what goes on and then uh, uh, increase the photosensitivity and uh, create solar panels and whatnot from the understanding. How is the spiritual um, energy? This is like, I, we've been talking about this in the car and I really love this area because I think this is the intersection between science and spirituality. You know, and, uh, and I think both have significant value. Uh, science for me has been very clear. Like the definition of quantum is extremely clear and every word belongs there. Um, but the definition from the perspective of, you know, spirituality is extremely uh, loose and uh, it is hard to back up. It's very metaphorical. So it's, it's kind of more artistic than it is uh, practical, useful recognize that you know utility is a value for me but uh, how do you feel about this you know this so your your spiritual kind of uh, um, depth what are you seeing in terms of spirituality being able to solve problems that I believe science is capable of doing that it is not what would you say is kind of some of those things well I just don't create a divide between them in the first place mm -hmm. yeah so I don't create a divide between science and spirituality. I don't create a divide between infinity and infinity. I don't, no, no longer. I don't create a divide between matter and consciousness. But we do create the concessionary divides or juxtapositions to be able to share with people things like their true nature. Because if you do think that you're just a hairless monkey, that's on a rock orbiting a star that's completely random and meaningless, then you're gonna behave completely differently, typically in a way that's violent, rather than if you know your true nature as infinite and you know your true nature as we share our source, that we share our awareness, that we are the same exploratory process that's happening. And so then you behave from a place of benevolence. You behave from a place of gratitude, from a place of peace, from joy. And so you merge science and spirituality. You merge consciousness and matter. You merge finity and infinity. Yay.
Yeah. Mm. No, it's it's a very uh, <laughs> it's a it's a ve so it's a very important subject right now uh, for me, like as a kind of a you know somebody that loves these uh, systems and uh, mapping them. Um, I want the I would love for other people to have access to this uh, these visuals, these kind of like frameworks. Totally. And to truly be Which able is to something that we're building. Well, yeah. And, yeah. and I kind of have this theory that uh, unless you've struggled to understand the nature of the current reality, you can't even have a a sense for the spiritual. Like your spirituality must be earned. It isn't something that you just feel or do. It's something that you need to struggle through in order to philosophy. Like okay, you need to take significant philosoph philosophical. Um, you know, tr you need to read, you need to go through, you need to read a lot of books, you need to understand it. So achieving spirituality is a, uh, is a, is a journey. Like you can't just do it just by feeling great, you know? And that's kind of one of the things that I want to share that it's, it's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed to hurt. Like working out is supposed to feel unpleasant until the last 10 where it feels great. We're in an alchemical transmutation. That's what the infinite exploring is. Constant alchemical transmutation. An absolute perfection that's endlessly perfecting. It's so cute. Can we, can we take them on a dance? Yeah. Can we take them dancing? So yeah, so we're building out mapping technologies right now, and we're gonna take you. We're gonna take you on a dance. Um, we actually, they're, they're, we're gonna allow them to join our dance. We're, we you guys can join our dance. I'll just summarize. Yeah, we're building mapping technologies. It's really exciting. Keep in mind the sort of ideas that we talked about on the episode around finity and mapping technologies for that consciousness mapping technologies for that infinity mapping technologies for that knowing your true nature maximizing human potential and we love you very much come join us in this dance party with the volcano with the volcano and we're gonna take you on a little adventure let's 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 uh, leave it there we're gonna kind of dance around we're gonna dance around all yeah. right we're gonna i'm gonna dance over here
Walking fluffy clouds, living in what's known as now, not worrying whatever will be. Thanks the same. 
Fall again and fall in love. 